For the past six weeks, I've been working on a book project. And it's a book project to replace what had historically, well, it's not all of Field of Chaos, but it's the work that was published as Field of Chaos, or at least part of it. And ironically, the part that it's replacing, the original work was 18,000 words, and the current work is at about 28,000 words. And what it makes me realise is that I don't think I'll probably be able to do 50,000 words in November because that's a separate book project. I'm just testing my time associated with actually what my capacity is to write. But it's been a very interesting process because it's based in time and space and these kind of elements very similarly to Field of Chaos, but it's not the same book at all. And that experiment, that cognitive experiment, has given me a great degree of liberation in my own thinking. The heaviest period of working on this has really been in the past week because my wife has been away, although she's back now. And now she's back. There was just a lot of text that needed to be ordered and positioned and tightened. And these kind of things are really what takes a lot of time. The iOS app that I'm working on is in a similar position. It's at the point where I have a few things to tighten, a few things to get right, but it's almost there. And I put it down in part because of the emotional impact of doing all the renaming of my various projects, moving away from what it was historically called to a wide variety of other names. So these two things are happening in parallel. And at the same time, I'm also able to release podcasts as well. All these things give me a sense that I'm actually actively communicating. And I wonder, in particular, because sometime in the next year, that may change. Sometime in the next year, this whole thing might change in terms of my general level of productivity. And I seem to be in a kind of second wind point currently. My aim is to tick things off one by one to get this book to a point where I can get it to uh, a fellow who's going to do the audiobook component of it and then release the iOS app. And the iOS app, as you've heard in previous discussion, is a series of possibilities, which is also in parallel to my professional life. And certainly, you know, what I see week to week, month to month in my professional life could also occur in a microcosm with regards to this iOS app. Once you get something out there, maintaining it and keeping it active and as noble ape historically as it was called as the simulation has changed this had to reflect in software so i'm really building up a variety of different things in some degree of momentum to release them at various stages and the book project will come in two forms it'll come in text and it'll come in audio and part of the experiment is to see is a book that no one reads in paper form is the same thing true in audio form. And my hope is, because I know a number of people that consume audio books, that some of them might just passively start this thing and they get a sense of it and then enjoy it and finish it. And because it's in a, you know, 28,000, maybe 32, maybe 36,000 words at most, it's not a 40,000 word book, it's a shorter book by necessity. It's going to be an interesting place associated with where it fits in the audiobook spectrum. I personally don't typically read audiobooks less than about eight hours, <laughs> which is a very interesting phenomenon. But I'm also looking very directly at the nature of pre-release hype, because this isn't going to be something that is going to come out through 
a publicity engine. This is something that's going to be released and then very passively, if I'm lucky, it will build momentum in terms of people consuming it. Or it won't. I mean, I have existing books that have not had this degree of intrigue. So I'm wondering if the audiobook thing is you know, an interesting thing to put one's toe in the water with. See what happens. The fact that I'm not going to narrate the book, I think certainly when I was talking to my wife about this, she was like, why are you going to narrate the book? And I've had a long-standing concern that because of my accent, because I clearly, I mean, my accent puts me nowhere, right? I have no indigenous group of people that are like, he speaks like we do. But in this country in particular, in the US, to not have an American accent to front these books is a negative thing, I think. My wife says, well, you know, I like getting audio books with English, you know, actors or what have you doing, and I do too, but we are both very curious people in this thing. So it's interesting writing something with the view that it is going to be spoken in American voice. And a number of the presumptions that you have to make going into this writing, I've changed the text based on it being read in an American voice. The second book that I talked about associated with the local street gangs has to be read in an American voice. So I'm using this as a test run to see if I can create something in an American voice with a view that the second one will be in an American voice. And the whole notion here of authenticity and these kind of things is, is not what this thing is about. When I was a young boy, I used to type, write letters to the editor of the local paper. And I always enjoyed being anonymous, well, not anonymous, like an adult. So when I was 10 and sending letters to the paper, I wanted them to be published as if I were an adult. So this thing with regards to the writing for an American voice, presenting it in American voice, all these kind of things are really, I think, very important. And I do wonder, periodically, I get callers to Model Rail Radio that say, when I first listened to this podcast, I thought it was a foreign podcast because you have an accent. And I think that's a very real thing. I think the nature of one's experience when you have an accent, your experience is negated or denied or ignored. So it would be wonderful to have someone like Heron Stone, for example, read one of my texts. But he has the wrong voice for my texts. He has the wrong voice in terms of age, authority, all these kind of things. I mean, Maybe in the future I could write for the likes of Heron Stone speaking voice. I don't know if he'd ever do an audio book for me. I think our time together was perfectly put into Stone Ape. Similarly, as things broke down with Attic Aficionados, maybe the reason things broke down with Attic Aficionados, I was interested if Brandon wanted to do, you know, whatever it's called, you know, speaking, <laughs> speaking. And yeah, that you know, may have factored into the end of Attic Aficionados. I think the end of Attic Aficionados is independent of anything like that. Maybe, who knows? Anyway, so all these things, all these ideas, all these components are factoring into my decisions currently. But I wanted to put out there that an absence of podcasts, an absence of topics around podcasts, does not mean that I'm not working on stuff that will be consumed in the future. If anything, the amount of silence around podcasts is probably more indicative of the fact that I'm working on stuff currently than I started watching football. I don't know. I don't know. 
what other options are available. But if something were to happen in the next year, hopefully something positive, then I would certainly use this podcast as a means of announcing it as well. So consider yourself a privileged audience associated with listening with my various ramblings, because I will provide as much information as possible through this recording at a time where it seems to make some sense.